You guys, I am so excited to introduce you to my dear friends, Becky and Candice from Mindful Art Company. The last interview that I did was with a dear friend of mine that I've known since junior high school and we reconnected. This interview that I did was with two ladies that I likewise felt like I reconnected with, quite honestly, as I sat down and talked with them and we shared ideas and we just visited together. It was really a similar feeling. It was a very reconnected feeling. And I have never met them face to face before. It was awesome. Anyway, I'm stoked to have you guys listen to this next episode. It's the longest one I've ever done. And it is worth every single minute that you listen to, not because of me, (laughs) but you guys are going to fall in love with Becky and Candice and all of the bits of wisdom that they have in what they share. I'm Becky Hennessy. This is the Path of Imperfection, episode 64, Navigating Self-Compassion with Becky and Candice. Welcome, Traveler. The Path of Imperfection is all about talking through the stuff and uncovering the what's and how's so that we can embrace ourselves and each other as human, one imperfect step at a time. This is a podcast for anybody with the courage to try. So I want to tell you a little bit about how I first connected to you guys and how I found you and why I just adore you both. I'm going to get emotional, y'all. I'm glad that he has tissue out. (laughs) So I have not done the social media scene much at all. We broke up for a long period of time, me and social media. It was social media, not me. And, (laughs) And then we started to date again. When I connected to social media, I first just followed whoever, because I didn't know. I didn't know any better, you know? So I just followed whoever and whatever. And it just got super overwhelming for me and hard, just really hard. Lots of shame spirals, lots of just yuck. And so I told her, I'm breaking up with it. I'm not doing social media anymore. And he said, who are you following? Maybe that's the problem. And so he challenged me to just be really intentional in who I follow. There were a couple of folks that I started to follow that I thought, okay, if people are like this on Instagram, I can stay here. And so I just got really intentional. So I'd go in and I would like research the people. I mean, that sounds a little stalkerish, but I would research the people that I was following and all that kind of stuff just to make sure that they were my kind of people. Because if I'm letting them in my life every single day, I have to make sure that they're my kind of people. And I found you guys and I'm like, where have you been my whole life? (laughs) Because I'm a therapist and... I do therapy with kids. And a lot of parents (laughs) come in and say, change my kids' thoughts so that their feelings will change, so their behaviors will change. And initially, I bought into that, that that was possible, that maybe if I could teach them how to change their thoughts, then their feelings would change. What I came to find was that wasn't the case, that it was the reverse, that I had to help them understand their feelings and emotions before those positive affirmations could come in before any of that other stuff could come in. And so I had to fumble through, like, how do you teach kids to be in touch with their emotions? There wasn't a ton of stuff then, you know? And when I found you guys, I'm like, oh, this is perfect because this is a resource that I can give the parents that I work with. So every single parent that brings in a kid, I'm like, you need to buy a Mac pack and you can do the digital or you can buy otherwise. That's what needs to happen at home. While I'm doing this stuff here, that's how you're going to teach your kids to do emotions at home because it's amazing. You guys, it really, it's, 
It's everything out of my brain onto paper, and it's done way better than I could ever package it. So I want you to talk a little bit about the Mac Packs so people that are listening know what that's all about and can be aware that I, I mean, I don't even know. I don't know much about y'all, but it's like you guys went to graduate school for six years on how to do <laughs> therapy with kids. <laughs> and you just, you nailed it. How you word it, how you, the activities that you guys have, it's the bee's knees anyway. Well, we're both crying. So yeah. that was the nicest. <laughs> that was super nice. That was super nice. <laughs> and really nice to hear from a therapist because oh, yeah. I am a mom. That is mm-hmm. my profession. Yeah. And so the way that it came about is I took classes from Becky okay. and I learned about mindfulness. I learned about self-compassion and I had a four or five-year-old at the time. She was in kindergarten, so five. And I thought, how am I supposed to teach this amazing truth yeah. to my girl, Kid. right? Yeah. Because you see it working so well in your life. You're like, I have to pass this on to Yes. Them. And of course yeah. you hear like, well, you practice it yourself. The water gets down sure. the row. It'll be great. Yeah. But I wanted something like tangible I that I could it. like actually implement. So that's, yeah. that's was the very beginning of the Mac pack is oh, I love doing art with my kids. And so mm. that was like a natural, like, oh, wow, well, let's build this into a birthday cake and we'll pretend to blow out the candle. That like we're awesome. meditating, yeah. you know? And so, and then Becky and I wrote these stories about these little animal characters. Which are adorable. And they're so relatable. They're they relatable are. to the adults and to the kids. Yeah. And so that was kind of the beginning of the Mac pack. I love it. And we just, we stuck with it. We have four animal characters, actually five, five animal characters, and they all have a story yeah, and a meditation, an art project. Yes. And then just like some questions that you can ask and answer together. I love it. And it's awesome because it gives kids a language and an ability to be able to explain what it is that they're feeling and compare it to what it is that they're yes. feeling. Yeah. So you learned from her. What's I your- learned from, it started with a therapist okay. after I had postpartum depression years and years ago. Yeah. And she taught me how to meditate, taught me. Can we just pause for a second? I'm just having this moment, sorry, where I'm like, I'm sitting here with you guys. I can't even believe it. <laughs> <laughs> this is like blowing my mind. I feel like I want your guys' autographs. Oh like, my God. <laughs> totally fangirling it's like so i'm sitting here and i'm just listening to you and like in my head i'm like i'm sitting here with them this is so neat <laughs> that's so funny that's Sorry. really funny anyway Kate, okay back okay. to you yeah, enough about me enough, so. back to you so i learned to meditate from this therapist years ago and just really resonated and mm. it saved my life I mean, we're talking, it saved like depths my of despair. Life. Yeah. Yes. Wow. I would be in a completely different situation if not for Lynn, my therapist. Yeah. So thanks for your work. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. Here thank I'm you. sitting because of someone exactly like you. Well, thank you. Thank you. So then I just kind of got pretty good at it. Yeah. And it's like your superpower. Would, I guess it kind of is. Yeah. So then people started to ask me to start teaching, mm-hmm. you know, classes at church and other things. And then Candace came in and said, I think you need to start teaching like professionally. Yeah. And I was like, well, how do I do that? And so yeah. she helped. So she was there from the very get go. She awesome. helped set up the website, sure. set up everything. And then I just started teaching classes, kind of created the curriculum for the classes. That's amazing. And then Candace got together with me. And I remember it was in St. George where we first said, this needs to be done. And it was one wow. of those times that it's, 
I don't want to call it an outer body experience. Right. It wasn't an outer body. Yeah. It was, I would say it was an inner body yeah. experience. Like oh, yeah. we were there. Like connected. Connected in, and yeah. knowing this mm. was our path. Yeah. This was what we were supposed to do. This is your calling. And that's when we came up with the stories. And we yes. came up with the, somehow the characters just came and we could see that there is, there's a level, there's a, mm. a teaching with the level. So I don't know if you've noticed with the, with the Mac pack, it starts out with a very basic yes. breath mindfulness yeah. and then moves into a, like a recognizing your emotions yeah. with the next two stories. And then the fourth story is all about self-compassion. Yeah. So it's kind of this way to build. It's just a yes. way to build. And it's similar to what our classes are beginning mindfulness classes. It's okay. the same kind of thing that you build on each skill. So since then, I've really gotten behind self-compassion. So I've become yeah. certified as a self-compassion and it's called Mindful Self-Compassion. It was developed by Kristen Neff and Chris Germer. They're two PhDs, uh, one's yeah. in Texas, one's at Harvard. And they came up with this just inspired plan mm. of how to teach self-compassion. Self-compassion includes mindfulness. So I'm not taking out the mindfulness You're just adding. Aspect. Yes. I love it. This is the money. Yeah. I mean, this is where it lies is in self-compassion because with it, you're able to work through all of those. And that's what I kind of want to get into as we keep talking. Yeah. But we get into working through that most difficult of all emotions, shame. Yeah. That you've already talked about. Which is shenanigans. I mean, the shame spiral is just. And we're born with it. We are. Yeah. Because we're born with two things. We've got the wish to be loved, right? And then on the other side of the coin, we have shame. So it's like every other emotion. You've got the one side, you've got the The fun side side and the hard side. And the hard side, right. So you've got this wish to be loved, which is a fun side. We're all born with it. It's fine. Like we all want to be loved. When it's warm and it's fuzzy and it's lovely. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then on the other side, we have this shame. Mm. I am not worthy enough to be loved. I'm not good enough to be loved. Yeah. I'm a loser. I'm, I can't do anything right. It's all of that side. But then if we can look at it from the other side of the coin, it's okay to want to be loved. It's a natural, there's nothing wrong with it. God even wants to be loved. Exactly. 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 And so it's, it's this desire to have it, but then when we have the shame, we stop ourselves from receiving mm. it mm-hmm. at that moment. Because we, we don't feel this, like we deserve it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But here's the thing, and this is what I love and loved about some recent things that I saw on Instagram from you guys was there's all of these buzzwords. So there's all these words that are like shame and vulnerability and self-care and self-compassion <laughs> that everybody's talking about, right? So I'll have parents bring their kiddos in and they'll be like, I just need her to learn self-compassion. And I'm like, okay. So as we peel that back, that the parents like, I don't even know what, I just know online, it says it would be good for my kids to learn self-compassion. So you just teach them that. And then, and so I love that there's this way that you guys have found that can put that in simplest forms for kids to be able to understand, but also their parents to be able to understand. I'm curious about your self-compassion journeys. Mm. I'm currently on one, Mm. right? So I'm in a space right now where I'm rumbling with forgiveness of self. Like I'm, I'm, it's tricky. It's a slippery road for me right now. And self-compassion is where it's at, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the gold. And mm-hmm. so as I'm kind of exploring, I've thought, I wonder what they're, because as I listen and I watch y'all, the way that you put things tells me there's been journeys. Mm-hmm. Like there's one thing to conceptualize something. And then there's another thing to have experienced a self-compassion process and be 
having it as a daily practice, not just like an event, but like something you're doing every day. So I've wondered what your guys's journeys have been. I'll go first. <laughs> so I've kind of always felt like I had this superpower, like almost okay. this like, I don't care what you think type of yeah. attitude. And so growing up, I gravitated towards people that would protect me and who were great oh, friends. Yeah. And so I kind of always had this self-compassion aspect to me. I, I think I was that. gifted with that. Yeah. But I didn't recognize or realize what it was until Becky taught me about oh, it. Oh, then you had like a name for it. Yes. Uh, and yeah. it actually came at the perfect time in my life because when I took Becky's classes, I had just been in two car accidents. I had a herniated disc. I had oh, two sorry. small children. No, three small children. And so I was trying to juggle chronic pain yeah. as well as just this, this guilt and shame of not being the mom who I always thought I would be. That you'd pictured. Yes. Or the yeah. mom who I should be for yeah. my children. Yeah. And then on top of that, my mom was diagnosed with leukemia. Oh my stars. So then all I, at once. Well, like yes, you're getting it was over like a angles. period of like three years. Yeah. That's still a short time. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so that's kind of where I was at. Mm. I realized this self-compassion that I've had my whole life, like I can use it as a tool. I can mm. practice it. I can harness it. I can teach it to my children. I love it. I can live it every single day intentionally. Yeah. And it will lift me out of this, this shame. Yeah. Right. And so that was kind of my turning point, I would say, in my self-compassion journey. I still use it every day. I, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's a practice, yes, right? It yeah. is a practice. Absolutely. Um, but to me, that's kind of what drove me mm. to the bottom, I guess you would say, is yeah. just this chronic pain that I still mm. have and I still deal with every day, but it is just so much different because I've had self-compassion. Yeah. I'm able to see that I actually am the mom that I'm meant to be for my mm. kids. Okay. And I don't have to sit there and be shameful that I'm not the one out riding bikes and taking kids on hikes. Yeah. And my physicalness <laughs> as a mom is not what I would wish for. But I've recognized now, you know what? I'm the mom that my kids need. They didn't That's need awesome. somebody riding a bike and yeah. whatever. They needed somebody who knows self-compassion. And oh, that's something that I, I can it. offer to them. I love it. I love it. Okay. So the thing is, is that it is a journey yeah. and it's a recognition every day. Yeah. Every day, this is a tool that you use. Just like, I mean, I'm sure all the tools that you're giving to your sure. clients. Yeah. If you use it. It's not a one and done. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So for instance, Candace was coming here, her car broke down and we actually talked about this in the car. I'm like, this is ironic. Not yeah, no, it's super like, ironic. Yeah. Well, generally when something really exciting happens, something bad happens right before. Every time. That's what I tell my kids yes. all the time when they're going through hard stuff. I'm like, oh, something good's coming. It's coming around the corner. Get ready. Coming around the corner. <laughs> so get ready. So that's what we said. We're like, oh, this is going to be real good yeah. because the car's breaking down. Anyway, it was interesting to just go run through that from a self-compassion standpoint. Mm. So just to give a little background, self-compassion has three elements to it. Okay. The first element is mindfulness, being aware of your surroundings as yeah. opposed to being over-identified with whatever it is. So in Candace's case, with her car breaking down, she could have completely broke down, sobbed, said, yeah. there's no way I can do this. I've, I'm mm. out. I've had it. And just go down swirling in a rabbit hole. Sure. So that's becoming over-identified versus becoming mindful. Oh, look, my car broke down. Observing it. I'm aware. I'm aware judgment. of my feelings. Correct. I'm aware of what's going on. Yeah. Yep. Without a judgment. Yeah. Then the next thing is common humanity versus isolation. At that mm. point, Candace could say, I'm the only one who has a car breakdown right before I'm going to have yeah. a podcast interview and I'm a loser. I'm the only one that's ever experienced this nervousness, this upset, you know, whatever it mm. is, this shame 
that I should have taken care of my car battery. Yeah. I should have, could have, would have. Why didn't I? What if I? Yeah. Right. Exactly. So there's that common humanity instead feeling like, you know what? Everybody has this happen. Mm. Everybody has cars break down. Things happen. Bad things. I'm not the only one. Everyone else understands how I feel. That's common humanity. The last one is the self-kindness versus the self-judgment. That's where it gets tricky. I think. Yes. For myself. Yeah. For sure. That's where a constant practice helps. Mm. Just like if you're going to the gym yeah. and the first time you go, you're like huffing and puffing and like, what the heck? <laughs> the first I've time, made that's it. adorable. The 20th time. <laughs> the 25th time. The 25th year. <laughs> so, I mean, that first time, yeah. like you're running around that first lap, you're like, what? I'm going to die. Heck? Yeah. So, of course, it's going to be hard sure. because we're just beginning. Well, then we go right back around to the mindfulness. Look, it's really hard to sit in this moment. This is interesting that I'm feeling all these feelings. Other people have had these feelings. Mm. Come back to self-kindness. Sure. You know, so at that moment, I mean, Candice, what were you saying to yourself? Because I know that you were running through the scenario. Of course. (laughs) I think the common humanity really turned it around for me because not only did I know that other people have problems, but I have people in my life that could help me. I immediately, right? Like I immediately knew I could text my mom who has AAA. Yeah. I could call my husband and say, what is it legal to park this car where it is? Sure. (laughs) That type of thing. Becky came and gave me a jump. Right. And so I think that once you have that support from other people, I think Mm. it's a lot easier to be kind to yourself too. Because at that point I thought, oh, you know what? Becky's going to come and help me. And even you reached out to me. Sure. And you said, do you need a rescue? Right. And as soon as you're vulnerable in that way and say, I do need the help. This is where I'm at. Well, then people are willing to help. They really are. So self-kindness wise, what I told myself is this is going to be over in about 10 minutes. Ooh, this is going to end. I like that Mm -hmm. because you feel like when you get in that spiral, you're like, this is always how it's going to be. And how am I going to live with it being all this? Right. And I I could have like looked at the cars passing me and been like, I'm going to die. Somebody's going to hit me. I'm in the middle of the road, you know, but I'm like, you know what? This is all going to be over in 10 minutes. Becky's going to come jump me perspective and it's going to be, it's going to be over. Right. So I think that's one that I I use a lot, actually, like this isn't going to last forever. And then the other thing I kept just running through my, in my mind is the facts, right? Like I, Mm. it wasn't like, I'm going to miss the podcast and I'm, I'm never going to be on again. Or, you know, it was, no, my car just broke down. It can be moved. We can go late. It will be fine. Like just, I stuck to the facts. Yeah. Yeah. Because what happens is we tell ourselves stories, right? There's stories that and these narratives that have nothing. I mean, bless our hearts. Like it's just not the way that it is. Bless our ever loving hearts. But then we pay attention to those narratives and we respond to those narratives that aren't even necessarily true. So I love the sticking to the facts. What I loved about what you talked about when you were talking about your journey is self-compassion is not the silver bullet. It's not going to make everything okay. It's not going to fix it because it's not like I was self-compassion. All of a sudden my mom was healed and I was healed and this is what happened. It's just a way to navigate those waters, which I, I think is awesome. And how you talked about that it's a practice. I've noticed that there's, there's so many events that happen for people And those events are supposed to spark a process, right? So for example, I'm coming to your guys' workshop in March. I'm so stinking excited. excited. I can't even handle it. And my mom is coming with me. And I'm super excited about my mom coming with me. She's one of my best friends. That's an event. But I'm looking forward to that event teaching me. And this is how you practice this daily, right? And this is how you can do this every single day. 
And I think sometimes we forget that. We go to the thing or we watch the thing or we buy the course or whatever. And we're like, yep, that's really good information. And then we go back to whatever it was that we were doing or however it was that we were showing up and we're not using as that daily practice. So I love how you're like, it's a journey. Like, are we ever done? I don't know that we are. And you just keep going and keep going and keep practicing. Yeah. Because it's a way of relating to yourself, right? So it's nothing different. It's not like we're asking people to hang the moon. It's just a different way of relating. It's like when you start an exercise program, when you start to eat healthy, when you start to, you know, whatever it is, this is the same thing. It's not going to take any more time. Yeah. It's not because you're already doing right. Yep. It's just a different way. I love it. It's just a different way of looking at it. So as far as my, I mean, it's so hard to say like my self-compassion journey because it's more like saying, what happened to you today? Right. You know, I mean, where <laughs> How was your past with? month? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for me, my mom has been in the hospital. She's pretty frail right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm dealing with a lot of caregiving stress and also blessings yeah. that come with that. I've had to relate to myself a lot different because mm-hmm. there's, I've never had this before. Anyway, dealing with my mom has been a different kind of thing because I have a lot of guilt and a lot of shame that maybe comes along with not being as good of a daughter as I mm-hmm. wish I sh- would have. Mm-hmm. Which Wishing- Becky is an amazing daughter, by the way, and <laughs> aunt. She's my aunt. <laughs> but we all have shame over yeah. that. And we all have this desire to want to be different or want to be better. Sure. So just working with that has been interesting. So on the one side, Candace has it with her kids, mm. which I felt. Because that's now, her time and season right now. It's her time yeah, and yeah. season. So it all changes. And now I'm on this other side mm. dealing with it as a daughter. Yeah. Watching a parent in her, you know, declining years. Yeah. And trying to find a way to help her by helping myself. Yeah. So it's a whole new paradigm that opens yeah. up. And I think that that's the thing is that it doesn't just help with the kids. It doesn't just help with even when you're at work. I mean, we've had yeah. a lot of people that are just professionals that their self-compassion stories come from a place of work and dealing mm. with their bosses and yeah. dealing with other people that they're interacting with yeah. every day. This is just a practice for every, everything. Thing. It's like a state of being. Yes. It's, I'm going to do this with this mindset, this state of being versus it's something that we feel. So buzzwords, self-care, like everybody is talking about self-care. And I'm just going to be honest. My fuse gets lit a little bit with (laughs) the shenanigans of what self-care has been. (laughs) Because I just think to myself, yo, no, like self-care is super important. That's not it. Like you're not going to get the biggest bang for your buck with that self-care, but over here you could, right? And so this sung to my heart when I watched the story about self-care versus self-compassion. And I was like, preach it, sister. Like that, amen. That is exactly you nailed it. Nailed it. So let's go there because it blew my mind. Like I still go back and watch that bubble. Or if I have a client in my office and they're like, well, I don't see what the benefit of self-compassion would be. Like, I know I need to be compassionate to other people or I don't know how to do that or whatever. And then they start talking about self-care and I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not self-compassion. So yeah. yeah. Talk yeah. about maybe the difference. We could talk about maybe some of the myths of oh, like, like that what would be self-compassion helpful. is not. Yeah. Let's do that. You want to yeah. do that? Yeah. Yeah. So the myths that self-compassion A lot of people think that if they treat themselves kindly, then they're not going to get anything done. They're not going to get anything accomplished. 
They're just going to sit around and they'll be too nice on themselves. They'll be lazy. Right. right yeah. Right. And I think in particular in our, in our culture, mm-hmm. in our Western culture, I think it's praised so much to get more done. Like if yeah. you're crazy busy, then you're yes. super cool. Crazy yes. busy equals super cool. Yeah. I don't know how. If you don't that- get good sleep. Because you're so busy. Uh, yeah. Air high five. And yeah, you're like, yeah, wait, what? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I only got two hours. I, they don't even say that. They say, hey, I got two hours of sleep or I don't sleep anymore. I don't have time yes. to sleep. Yeah. This I don't kind have of time stuff. To, I don't have time to go to the bathroom. I don't have time yeah. to sleep. I don't have time to eat. Whatever. And then yeah. you're super cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other myth is that it feels selfish or indulgent. And you don't, you know, you don't want to indulge yourself that way. Kind of the same along with that. Yeah. But Um, I do think that falls in line with this, this idea of like, if I'm feeling super sorry for myself and I'm going to go relax in front of the TV, if if that starts feeling selfish or indulgent, you know, that that might be quote unquote self-care, but it's not self-compassion, right? Yeah. I think that's a really good distinction. Selfish and indulgent. To sit yeah. there and do something that will numb numb your feelings. Right. That's you're not doing yourself any favors. You're not doing anyone else any favors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah. how you could, maybe you could tell, mm-hmm. am I doing self-care or am I doing self-compassion? And you know, what is like, yeah, because it feels different in your body. Totally. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. That it feels different in your body. So the other thing is another myth is that if I comfort myself, I'm just making excuses for myself or feeling sorry for myself. And that's a big one. We always want to look like we're once again, super busy. Yeah. So no one has time to comfort themselves. Mm. This is the biggest one. I think I don't deserve it. Which is that shame stuff. Back to the, yep. Back oh, to the shame. Yeah. And then the last one is self-compassion is self-pity. So that is where I think people get mixed up. On. I hear that so much, mm-hmm. right? Because as folks come in, one of the first go-tos is we got to turn up your self-compassion like a million trillion notches, right? Consistently, a high percentage. The, the first thing that comes out of is like, yeah, but isn't that just self-pity? Isn't that just victimhood? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. So self-pity is that that is a victim mentality. Yeah. That self-compassion is a survivor mentality. It's, it's basically, if you are in a self-pity mode, you're not going to see any solutions to your problems because- you're allowing other people control over your own emotional state or over whatever it is. It's not even people. It's like, you just want to shove it off. It's avoidance. It's avoidance of wanting to be able to have that, to be able to say, no, I can help. I can do, I Mm -hmm. can take care of with her story this morning of her car breaking down. Once again, if she took that self-pity standard, she would have sat in her car and cried yeah. and said, there's nothing I can do about this. Yeah. This is the end of it. the day. This is the well, end and of it's my one whole thing whatever. to be mindful and to maybe get emotional and cry a little bit and, and be in that space of like, Absolutely. this is a bummer. It's another thing to sit yes. there and ball and, and have in yes. it and say, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. But if you're self-compassionate, like Candace was, this is going to end. Mm-hmm. I can get help. There's someone there all of a sudden all your options open Open up up. and you're able to find a solution to whatever Mm. that is, or at least a step that puts you on a path of a solution. So that's the difference between self-compassion and self-pity is that one is victim, one is survivor, and one is a way to be able to figure out a solution. And one is a way to sit in the muckety muck of your whatever it is. I love, what about like with the story 
it wasn't your fault that your car broke down. There's stuff that just happens in life. And I think that sometimes folks feel like, yeah, but they did it to me, which is very victim-y sounding. Even if someone did, right, there can be acknowledgement and mindfulness in that and awareness in that. But there's also a difference of, well, they did it to me, so I am stuck in the water. Like, There's nothing I can do about it because they did it to me. I'm hosed. I just have to feel this and I just have to deal with it. And I can't do anything about it. And I love that self-compassion moves it to a space of, sure you can. Did you make them do that? No. Is it your fault? Absolutely not. But self-compassion is like, well, it's it's a difference of the space of I'm going to just, I guess I'm just stuck with these consequences because they made this choice and now it's affecting me. Or I I guess I'm just stuck with these consequences because my car did this. It very much is this uh, surrender, but not in a good way. <laughs> I don't know. Like no, this retreat. No, actually it is. It's right? exactly what yeah. you said. It is accepting what is. Yeah. Which, and saying, that's that self-compassion piece is yes. surrender in the good way. Yeah. Right. Is it's like. Surrender knowing that just in is. the surrender, it will move through. I love it. You'll move through it. Yeah. Instead of just avoiding it and it. holding on to it and just, yeah, being stuck. You're letting yeah. it move through. This is a weird example, but I was thinking about this yesterday while I was making dinner. I was making this pesto pasta and I emptied a can of tomatoes mm-hmm. and I let all the juice flow out of the strainer. Oh, yeah. But the tomatoes were still left. So when we're talking about that oh. on an emotional standpoint, you know, you're letting that that tomato juice just flow, flow down through. your sink. Yeah, yeah. But the tomatoes are still left. And that's the, the important thing, part. Right, yeah. right. So what's the tomato in Candace's story? And I hate to keep bringing it up, but it's the best way to sure, explain I love that. how it works. The tomato is that there are people there to help you yeah. and that you won't be in this forever and that you're not the only one that f- has had a car breakdown. And I'm going to add one, Becky, that I'm, I'm worthy of love. Like yes. I'm, because, I'm worthy of somebody coming and helping. Yes, yes. And because this is a thing at the root of all of this, it is, it is that shame, right? Yeah. Shame that I was in the middle of the road, shame that my car wasn't taken care of. What, what shame that I'm going to be late, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm in that moment of shame. I am not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of self-love. I'm yeah. not worthy of love from other people. I'm not worthy of kindness. I'm not worthy of good ideas. I'm not yeah. worthy. Right. Yeah. But then if you can flip that coin and mm. say, because I am in shame, that is my light telling me that I need love. Then flip it. Give yourself yeah. the love. Say, it's I fine. Love There's it's an okay. auto mechanic across the street, for heaven's sakes. Like, yeah. you have people that can help you, even that you mm. don't know, right? Yeah. So so I think that's really important when you do find yourself in a, either self-pity or indulgence or whatever you're doing. Sure. And you can recognize that shame. If you recognize that in yourself, don't look yeah. at it as like, something to be afraid of or to be ashamed of even yeah. more, right? Say, that is my body. That is my mind, my yeah. soul telling me that I need more love and that I'm worthy yeah. of it. And that's the way yeah. that it's reminding me. I love that. It's like a messenger. It's just, it's an alert. Oh, that's... Oh, you need more love. Yes. Oh, you're I feeling shame. That. that means you need need to be loved. Yes. And that's the different way of looking at it. Which is like beautiful. Where you just turn it around. So when you feel that emotion, instead of going to that rabbit hole of muckety muck, you go to the point of, I need love at this point. I need love. And the interesting thing about self-compassion is that there are two systems in our body. One system is called the threat defense system. Yeah. It's your amygdala. I'm sure sure that you teach your, your, I love how you're wording it. Yeah. And it's that fight or flight. It's that you're going to run from something that is, you know, harming you, whatever. But then there's this other system that kind of I mean, because that we don't, we don't have saber tooth tigers running after us anymore. Right. right? So we really have our own, like the shame cycle. Mm. 
pushing us. Yeah. And so then we're actually combating against ourselves mm. at that point. We've got the shame and then we're bouncing back. And, you know, really it's our body saying, I need more love. Yeah. But the system that combats that is called the mammalian care system. And where that comes ah. from is a place of like mammals wanting to take care yes. of your young, Nurturing. right? So you're, you're snuggling and yumming up your, you know, baby and yeah. whatever it is and, and talking softly and oh, connecting. everything's connecting. Yes. That. And that softer talk. Oh, I love you so much, baby. You're so sweet. It's going to be okay. I'm always going to take care of you. Okay. Well, the interesting thing about the mammalian care system is that you can be your own caretaker. You don't have to have someone else taking care of you. You know, obviously it's nice when your friend comes to save you, your mom or your sister, you know, whoever whoever it is, but really you can take care of yourself at that moment. So sitting in that car, Candace took care of herself saying, by saying those calming phrases, it's going to be okay. This is going to be over. I'm worthy of love. I'm going to find the solution. I'm instead of going to that place of shame of, you're a loser. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you take yeah, care of sure. it? You knew that the battery was, you knew that, you know, so it's, it's just, once again, a, just a different way of opening up solutions. And by yeah. doing that, all of a sudden Candace could look across the street and say, oh, there's but a that, car repair man right yeah. there. Or, yeah. oh, here's what I'm going to do instead of. Yeah. I know uh, I yeah. can't handle this alone. So I'm going to call for help. Right. And that, and yeah. that happens very often as a result of self-compassion. People that are trying to do things independently on their own, if they want to turn their heart to more help, this is, this is a great way to do it. Mm. Practicing self-compassion has made me open to help yeah. 100%. I love that. I love that. Using today, this is just my therapist brain. Yes. Curious. Yes, please. Yes, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that you can quantify into steps or whatever, but like I have to think, and what do I know? I don't have a crystal ball. I wasn't there with you. I don't know. But I have to think that initially when that happened, there was some kind of like body response of something. I don't know. To me, feelings are what we feel in our body and emotions are what we call them, right? So there's some kind of feeling, some kind of physiological feeling and give it whatever emotion, nervousness, anxiety, worry, whatever, right? And so I would have to guess that something like that happened and then you had a choice. How am I going to kick into gear whatever it is that I need? Am I going to show myself some self-compassion? Am I not going to or whatever? Is that pretty accurate, would you say? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm driving down the road and then my car, you know, the lights turn off. Yeah. And then I feel like it's just kind of like coasting sort of. Yeah. And I'm panicking. Oh, yeah. Keep in mind, like I've been in two rear end car accidents. Neither of my fault. And my heart's racing for you right now. That's like what's caused my whole chronic pain in my neck. Okay. So anytime... the I'm car panic. starts to sputter or yes, anything. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, so that was my first reaction mm-hmm. is like panic. Like I'm on a busy road. How yeah. am I supposed to get this yes. car? I think I just, my instincts kind of kicked in. I'm sure yeah. that was more of my fight, fight sure. or flight, right? Yeah, to keep you I safe somehow got it to the far, far right side of the road. Then at that point, oh, I had a bunch of choices, right? Yes. I could get out and like run around like a crazy person and probably sure. die or, yeah. you know, whatever. I don't know. But <laughs> I think that Becky talks about this and she calls it the magic space. Which is basically just taking a second to breathe. And if you can do that, that is magic. Well, it's the in breath, a space, and the out breath. I love it. For that space in between your hands. Yes, magic space. So I will say that when I am having frustrating times with like my kids, like they won't put their diaper on or something, I use this magic space. And that is, Mm. that was kind of my first thought. As as soon as I got the car safe, I took a breath. And in that space, I decided, oh, I get to, I do get to choose. This is my choice. Yeah. How I do. And then I breathe out 
And it was just the same as waiting for my toddler to get jammies on, right? Sure. It was, I feel like I created more time (sighs) for myself. And then in that moment, I knew I needed to reach out to these people for help. You know, I needed to stay probably in my car, not get out Mm. on the road, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was, those were kind of the steps that I took to allow myself the the time, quote unquote, to love myself, to care for myself. That is so good. I think, I mean, what I would love, this doesn't happen is I would love for it to be like the incident happens and all of a sudden I just kick into self-compassion and I don't have to navigate any of those crummy feels because they're not fun. <laughs> they're not. Well, yeah. And I, I mean, I, I don't, would love to run on the track. That would be ideal. For a mile without like, just go, Ooh, I just feel so great. After. Not sweating. Not no, no problem. Right. But I love that. I mean, let's be real. Like what happens is yes, those hard feelings still come but you have a choice in how to navigate those. Like you can absolutely decide how that's going to be navigated. So that to me is awesome. Okay. So self-pity and self-compassion. We've talked about the difference of those things. Something that really resonated with me when you talked about self-care and self-compassion is that self-compassion is a way of being being, and self-care is a way of doing. Yeah. Because then to me, I was like, oh, because anytime I hear like a way of being, that's a state of mind for me. Mm-hmm. And that's a choice. Mm-hmm. I feel like, mm-hmm. I mean, some folks love it. Most folks hate it. We don't really get to choose the physiological feelings that happen inside of our bodies. That's, that's my opinion. We don't, right. we don't get to pick how our body responds to stuff. Right. But I right. can absolutely choose what to do with that. Right. So yeah. as I hear that, I'm like, hey, some days I, I would love to choose to be happy. I don't get to pick to be happy some days. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, but if I'm having a really hard day, I can choose how I want to respond to that. Right. So state of beings to me are these choices that we get to make. Mm-hmm. We get to choose to be in a state of joy. We get to choose to be in a state of peace. I don't get to choose whether or not like I can choose to be in a state of gratitude. I can have my mom sick and transitioning to her next phase of life. Right. I can have the car breakdown or whatever. And I'm not going to, that's going to feel yucky. That's going to feel hard, but I can choose a state of gratitude. It's not slapping lipstick on a pig. It's not making it be like that whole, at least, well, at least this is happening or at least that it's not silver lining oh, it. Oh gosh. I hate, I hate the, uh, at least. I mean, cause it's not empathetic. At least you don't have it in your yeah. yeah. And you're just Blech. like, no, thanks. Yeah. yeah. But I can choose a state of gratitude in those hard spaces. So when I hear self-compassion is being, to me, I'm like, oh, I can choose self-compassion and self-care is doing, which is also a choice, but it plunks it in a different space for me. So I think the biggest issue is that people think that they're the same thing. Yes. not. Explain the difference. So self-compassion is I feel like self-compassion is the recognition that like the recognizing yeah. what's happening. The awareness, the, the mindfulness. Awareness. Yes, yes. The okay. mindfulness. But then what can happen is I can just ignore the self-care piece mm. and not take care of. So I'll go into my story with yeah. my mom right now and, and caretaking. And I did get sick. Yeah. After I cared for my mom, I ended up with a really bad cold okay. that lasted for two weeks. Wow. Now- I could have kept ignoring and saying, you know what? I just need to be there for my mom. And I could have even been compassionate and said, oh, I just feel kind of sick today, but I have a lot to do. So I'm just going to keep going. No, I didn't. I actually stopped. I actually went to bed and lucky, luckily for me, I have three amazing sisters that kind of 
you know, they were all there. So That's I didn't amazing. need to worry about yeah. it. You knew mom was being taken care of. I knew mom of. was being taken yeah. care of. Which is part of that. Right. Taking right. care of you. Yeah. Right. But I was able to just do what I could do, which was really rest, which is, I want to say sometimes difficult for me to do. But yeah. in this case, that is exactly what I needed. And I liked what you said, Becky, about how we can't always choose how we feel. It did sideswipe me mm. watching this. Like it mm-hmm. came, I didn't expect that. I yeah. really thought I would be able to handle it differently, differently. than because of all the skills that you've got yes. and all the knowledge you yeah. have. Yeah, and I yeah, thought, yeah, oh, yeah. it's no problem. I'm going to be able to talk to and we'll be able to work through this. It's going to be just yeah. fine. No, actually, I was in a place of needing self-care. Yeah. I recognized, I recognized how hard it was. So there's the being, and that's the self-compassion, recognizing it, saying, okay, it's going to be okay. Going through those steps, going through the mindfulness, going through the common humanity. Other people have felt this way. Other people have had moms that have been sick and then being kind, you know, this is going to be okay. We're going to, we're going to be all right. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to do. And then there's the self-care of actually doing Doing it. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to go on Amazon and buy $300 worth of crap. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm going to sign up. <laughs> that for... sure is an awesome numb though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's exactly. It's a numb. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it's not going to keep you on that, that place yeah. of, you know, eating that cookie from, from swig yeah. or whatever isn't going to keep you. It's not going to really take care of it. What right. is it that you need? And I guess I'd like to ask the people right now to just take a second and think, what is it that you need right now? Notice what, what she it? didn't say, ladies and some gentlemen. She did not say, what is it that you need to do? It's not a to-do list. Asking yourself, what is it that you need? is not like, well, I really need to do my laundry and I really need to go run this errand. And I really, that's not what she's talking about. What do you need right, right now? Oy. What do you need? Yeah. What do you need? And kind of... When you're in that place of struggling, of suffering, mm-hmm. of failing, mm-hmm. of whatever it is, asking yourself, what is it that I need? So for me, it was rest. It yeah. was to drink a gallon of water a oh, day. It yeah. was to turn on my humidifier. Mm. You know, it wasn't anything like fancy or no, yeah. no fancy. I didn't need a swig cookie. I didn't yeah. need a new wardrobe. I just needed the humidifier and to rest and to drink and then let it pass. Like the tomatoes, going back to those tomatoes, I love that throwing, you know, going through the strainer, letting that juice come out and then taking whatever that tomato and, and then letting that guide my path, continuing with self-compassion at that moment. So those are the two differences between the care and the compassion. Have you guys heard the story about the cows and the buffaloes? Have you heard this? Please tell it. Get ready. Giddy up. Okay. So, so I went to Time Out for Women, which is a thing. I can link it or whatever. Anyway, I think it was Callie Reed who was talking to you guys. Callie Reed, she's a singer. And she told this story about cows and buffaloes. And it legit, like it changed my life. It was so, I, my husband who just has to love me, but I bought this huge, like almost took up my whole wall picture of a buffalo. It was in my office for a year because of how much I love the story. So hopefully you don't have to go out and purchase a big picture of a buffalo. <laughs> so there's this, so that's where I heard it from. I just want to give credit where credit is due. So there is this space between Colorado and Kansas that has mountains on one side and just fields on the other. And cows and buffalo hang out together in this space. 
and their behaviors have been watched and noticed. So what has been observed is that when a storm comes in, it comes over the mountains and the cows see the storm and the cows turn and start to run away from the storm, but they're cows. So, you know, they just... Burr, 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 burr. I mean, they don't move very fast. <laughs> and so what happens is the storm catches up to them and then they're running in the storm, but the storm's moving the same way. And so that storm stays on top of them and they just stay in the rain and they stay in the muck and they stay in the storm way longer than is what's necessary. I mean, if anything, they could just stop and let it, but no, they are running with it. Bless their ever loving cow hearts. Buffalo are completely different. The way that buffalo handle it, buffalo see the storm and they turn towards it. And then I get goosebumps even talking about it. They charge at the storm. It's like, here we go. And do they hit it hard? Yes. Does it come on and it's heavy and it's tough and they have to stretch? Yes. But they get through that storm way faster than the cows. And so I just remind myself over and over and over, be the buffalo, be the buffalo. Just this is, and sometimes me being the buffalo is that I turn towards the storm. And that's all I can do is just turn towards the storm. And sometimes it's charging and sometimes it's running towards it a little bit. And most times it's, I'm like, I've got this. And I run towards it and it hits it. I'm like, it's cold. I'm just going to stand here. (laughs) But as long as like I'm facing that storm, right? And so as you're talking about the self-compassion stuff, I'm hearing like, it's the buffalo because you're feeling through the things you're not avoiding it. You're not going on to Amazon and buying whatever it is that yeah. running with the storm. You're not being the cow. Yeah. You're being that storm and you're kind of facing it. So that's the cow. Yeah. So story. in self-compassion language, they would say, they would call that leaning in to the yeah. difficult emotion, like leaning, yeah. getting to know it, making it your friend. And expecting that it's going to feel kind of crummy. I think that folks anticipate or expect the hard feelings to not happen. If I'm practicing self-compassion, I'm not going to feel hard feelings. Mm-hmm. If I'm having really good self-care, I'm not going to feel hard feelings. Mm-hmm. If I do this better with my kids, they're not going to feel hard feelings. I think that's what people anticipate. But if if the awareness is, no, they're, they're going to come and yeah. that's okay, then it takes us on a different path. So you've right. got, is this like a poem? Yeah, it's a poem. Oh, I'm so, so excited to hear. This is a poem by Rumi, which is, he's a 12th century Persian poet. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have heard of him before, but this is like, The ultimate in self-compassion. Okay, I'm excited. So it's called The Guest House. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. I mean. (laughs) I know, isn't that I'm not crying. (laughs) You're crying. (laughs) Holy cow. Yeah. So everything is a friend. So when you're talking about all of the hard stuff, there's that other side yes. of the coin that you have to look at. That hard stuff came because there's good around mm. the corner. It's with the shame comes the desire to be loved. Yeah. With the anger comes the the making up, the, yeah. the loving, the, yeah. the kindness. Also the motivation to change if you need to change. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And recognizing it as more of a motivation instead of 
this, you know, thing that I'm never, ever going to get over. And you can't have one without the other. Like you can't have the depth of that joy and that love or whatever, unless you have the depth of that sorrow and that anger or right. Yeah. I mean, that might be my new favorite ever. I know. It's like, I've just, I told myself, I thought, don't put on makeup today. It's not going to last. I did. <laughs> and it's not. And boy, do you look pretty. <laughs> okay. So what else? What other pieces in self-compassion am I missing? Let's say that this is the first time somebody's listening to this. They're like, and they're just starting to think, okay, self-compassion might be something that anything else, any other pieces that you guys want to plunk in there that I'm well, missing about it? What we, our next, our new project, do you want to talk about? our project that we're so excited about, about people. Sure. So one thing that we've noticed about self-compassion is that everybody actually is self-compassionate, whether they know it Mm. or not, you have moments of self-compassion because it is your instinct. You have as a mammal, you have that mammalian care system inside of you. And one of the things that we hear a lot is, Oh, I'm not a self-compassionate person. Like I, that's too hard for me. I can't yeah. do that. Or I don't do it. Like I don't do self-compassion. I've heard that. Oh, I don't. Yes. Do oh, Cause maybe it's weak or something. Yeah, right. Sure, sure. But our new project is that we're collecting stories from people, mm-hmm. self-compassion stories from all walks of life. Yeah. And our hope is that as we show these stories on our Instagram TV, oh, I love that. that other people will recognize self-compassion in themselves that they'll see. Oh, I, I do that too. I, so maybe I do do. Yes. So I just said, do do. <laughs> Just for a minute. <laughs> You're welcome. Anyway, I do self-compassion. <laughs> yes. So yeah. anyway, so the hope is just that people will recognize that they have self-compassion, but mm. also they'll see more ways they can implement it in their life. That. So we would love to have any of your listeners send in stories of self-compassion Yay. and be part of this new project that we have. How do they do that? So you can find us on Instagram at Mindful Art Co. Okay. And you can send us a DM there, or you can okay. just email info at mindfulartco.com and okay. say, I have a self-compassion story and I will shoot you back an email and we'll get okay, you set through up. It. And, and we want them to be about two to five minutes long. Okay. And what's the prompt, Candice, that helps them to know what that, where to go? Yeah. So it. if you're interested in that, the, the prompt would be something like, Tell us about a, a time when you were suffering and mm. you offered kindness to yourself. Yeah. Another one might be, tell us about a time that you made a mistake and you were able to forgive yourself. And how did that change the situation? Yeah. Another one might be, what was your first thought this morning? Was it a kind thought? Mm. Was it a true thought? Yeah. And if it you know, how could you change it to be that tomorrow? Or if it was kind and true, then how did that shape your day? I love that. I'm excited for oh, this. We're, oh, we're expecting one oh, from yeah, you. Oh, you're, oh, you're, this, is, this is an official <laughs> challenge. Yes. All right. No, no. Yes. I'm so glad it's this and not like do that, like plank table thing with my husband. Cause that would be a TikTok for the ages anyway. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I'm excited to see how other folks do it and connect to that. Because I think that it really will spark a kind of a movement, really. That, that's that's exciting. That's yeah. We would love that. Neat. I, uh, I love it. Okay. So that's what's currently in the fire that you guys are wanting to have folks. Okay. So I'll make sure to link. And then we I always have to. our classes going on. The one yeah. that the next one to sign up for is an eight week 
kind of intensive mindful self-compassion course that is run through mindful self-compassion, that organization that you guys have. Yeah. So basically if Chris Germer were here, this is what he would say to you about self-compassion or Kristen Neff, Neff, either of the. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's our next class. That'll be in the fall. How can people, so people can find you on Instagram with mindful art co co they can find you just on the internet, mindful art company. Right. Yeah. It's any other spots.co.com. Okay. Perfect. Other ways that people can we connect do have to you? a Facebook group. Okay. And then I guess just on insight timer, that's my favorite meditation app. So if you ever insight want to come and meditate, timer. okay, <laughs> but we're not on there. No. Yeah. Mindful art co isn't not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Yeah. Those are the two best place, Instagram and IGTV and Facebook and mindfulartco.com. Mindfulartco.com. I just love like any content you guys put out is worth the watch for me. If I see on my Instagram, the rainbow around your thing, I'm like, good stuff. (laughs) Okay. So if you do want to keep in touch with us, you can sign up at mindfulartco.com. There's a just a box that you say, yes, I want to keep in touch. Okay. And you'll get our blog every other week or so. I need to. We'll just come come directly to your inbox. So you'll have a little thought from us. And then if we ever do any deals on our products or announce new classes, that's kind of the quickest way to hear about it. Awesome. Do it. Anything you guys put out there is worth it. So I would say definitely. Thanks, Becky. I am curious about how self-compassion has allowed you to connect to all your parts, to connect to your heart, to your mind, your soul, to your body, all that stuff. So that's going to be my final question for you guys is how, how has self-compassion allowed you to connect to yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So self-compassion has connected me to myself in a big way in that it has allowed me to feel that full range of emotions. I used to kind of be like a tough, like, oh, I I don't even feel that emotion. Like that doesn't, you know? Yeah. But with self-compassion, I have realized that I was missing out a ton. Oh, I love that. And it's okay to cry. And it's okay to be sad when someone else is sad. And it actually makes your life so much richer. And I was was really telling myself a lie before saying, Mm. if you don't let that in, then you don't have to deal with it. Then it it won't matter. Sister, I've said the same thing for a long time. And I I believed it and it worked for a hot minute, not long. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and how sad is that so many connections are lost when you Mm. say that you don't want to feel a certain way or that you just don't feel that way, right? Connections with people, connections with yourself, connections with the earth, right? I don't want to feel cold, so I'm not going outside today. No, no, it's okay. You can feel cold and happy. You can feel brave and scared. You can, you know- so yeah. that's been one of the greatest connecting mm-hmm. tools for me as far as self-compassion goes is just letting in all the emotions and connecting to all of that, to everything. Yeah. That is beautiful. Oh yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> You're like, I mean, I ditto, mean. ditto, ditto. <laughs> for me, I think that common humanity connecting with other people, knowing that other people feel like I feel, mm. it makes me feel less alone. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of nights during that depression that I still experience. Just yeah. for the record, I, I am prone to depression yeah. and I have to watch it. And it's like, a, you know, like a cold. And when I see those symptoms coming on, yeah. I have to take care of it. Yeah. And recognizing that other people feel the way I do 
And remembering, I mean, I, I know there was a lot of nights I would look out my bathroom window in the middle of the night when I was, you know, in an insomniac yeah. and not sleeping and looking at the lights and saying, there's other people out wow. there that are up yeah, and that are feeling like I feel and when I'm not alone in this. And I think that that piece has helped me more than anything else as far as the connecting, that there are people that feel the way I feel, no matter yeah. what that feeling is. Yeah. And they'll make it through and I'll make it through and it's it's going to be okay. Yeah. We're all going to be all right. That gives such a such a connected gift, right? It makes it not so lonely. I love it. You Thanks, guys. Bex. Thanks. This was great. The end. 